Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Party Favor. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> so much energy, I love it. Yes. <laughs> so you're originally born in Manhattan? Yes, originally born in Manhattan. But it's hard because I, I want to say that I'm a New Yorker, but I can't really say that because I, I, I moved when I was three. So, oh. Yeah. But I mean, I can, you know, I'm happy that I was born there. It's such mm-hmm. a cool city, but uh, Are yes. your parents originally from New York or...? No, no, no. They uh, they were living out there. My parents were both artists, so oh, wow. um, they were out there working. My, um, my mom's a graphic designer uh, as well as an amazing artist, and then my dad was uh, out there doing a lot of illustration. He used oh. to paint all the uh, covers for like Newsweek and Time and Sports wow. Illustrated and stuff. Oh, that's but, yeah, huge. Back before Photoshop, you know? So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. And then what made them move to Utah? Um, I think probably just to, to like, they wanted to like... We had some family out there, but uh, they wanted to raise a kid, I guess, in a, in outside of outside of uh, Manhattan, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't part of that decision. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's why. I don't think I've ever gotten a full reason why, but that's that's what I assume. What kind of music were they playing in the house when you were growing up? Um, a little bit of everything, to be honest. That's kind of I think where my love of like all types of music came from. I mean, I was listening to. You know, everything from classic rock to reggae to... Actually, who showed uh, you Metallica? Who showed me Metallica? Yeah. Uh, my parents did. Oh, wow. Um, but, You're uh, so hip. <laughs> but uh, actually, my the reason why I really fell in love with Metallica was uh, my dad's friend, Matt McKeeran, is a, uh, was a very, very well-known uh, music video director at the time. And, and especially in the 80s, he was doing all the music videos for like... Uh, Madonna and and uh, and oh Michael Jackson, some of the biggest acts in the world, and he was doing a music video for uh, a song called King Nothing by Me- uh, Metallica off their Load album, and they were filming it out in the in the in the um, forest out in in uh, Utah, and so my dad took me out there and surprised me with a visit to set to see oh uh, the show, and what was really cool is in the middle of them filming, we, you know, everyone bro- broke for lunch. So they're sitting there, I'm sitting there like, I think this was when I was, this was like, must have been like 99, I think, or 98 or something like that. So maybe even younger. So I was, you know, maybe 10 years old and I'm sitting down there and the, you know, all the members of Metallica come and they sit down at the same bench that we're at and right next to me, like Lars, the the lead singer, I mean, sorry, the drummer and, uh, and uh, James Hetfield, the, the singer. Uh, were, were sitting right next to me and they were like my, my heroes and they were so nice to me and so cool to me that it like has always left such a strong impact on me from like that, you know, something mm-hmm. I'll always remember. So that's so um, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I always have like a soft spot for those guys. I love their music as well. They're amazing. They're timeless. But it's like I think when you get to meet an artist and you get to, especially one that means a lot to you when you're a kid, you mm-hmm. know, um, I think that and especially like the fact that they were nice to me and they were, you know, they treated me like an equal even though I was like a little kid. I thought that was always so cool to me, so. Yeah. Yeah. And you tried drums or piano, right, but you didn't really get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You did any research, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I tried to play the piano and for me, like, I've never, like, no musical instrument really, like, connected with me. You know, I feel like some people can kind of sit down and they, 
they sit at a piano or they, mm-hmm. you know, they sit, they put their hands on the guitar and it just feels so natural. And for me, I always knew I was musical and I could hear melodies in my head and I could, and I, you know, every waking moment I'm playing music, you know, and when I was a little kid, I was the same. So for me, it was just, but it was like, I couldn't find that instrument that was like my, this is where it's going to come out, you know, until mm-hmm. I found, I think like until I found a computer and realized that it was like, you know, I could kind of draw in and find what I was, you know, what that what that thing was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How would you describe your personality back then growing up? I don't know. I mean, I guess I would say that I've always been pretty outgoing. When I was a kid, before music took off, I never thought that I could be a musician because I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't really figure out what instrument it was that I wanted to play. And I think for me, uh, I wanted to be an actor when I was young. So I was just, I was doing theater and musical theater oh, when, wow. I was, when I was a kid. Yeah, so... Did people, uh, so people in high school knew you as, like, the theater kid? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my high school yearbook, it's, uh, my, I won most likely to win a, uh, Oscar. an Oscar, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty funny, so, so, and I'm what in, like, a complete opposite What kind of roles were thing. you? Uh, Do you I, I did, I mean, I did, uh, just a little bit of everything, but, uh. I mean, I was everything from when I was a kid. I was Oliver Twist. Did you like school though? Like, did you do well? Um, I liked school. I didn't like the testing part of it. I didn't like the. I feel like my learning ability is a, it's I'm so hands on. So for me, like that's what that's how I've learned my music too. Is just by sitting and learning and teaching myself. Like if someone's like, "Hey, do this, 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 and this," for me, it's always been that never really connects with me. And I think that for me, I've always learned anything by just doing and kind of mm-hmm. almost throwing my feet into the fire if that makes sense yeah so yeah what were you doing in your free time then just hanging out with my friends either either snowboarding or oh, wow. doing action some sort of action sports were you competitive um, i was very competitive oh yeah. what sport um well you mean competitive with other people or like actually competing competing uh, i didn't compete in snowboarding no um but uh i competed in swimming i was a swimmer in oh, high school same oh were you really yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome yeah so i was a little water rat since i was young i used to make like little films with my friends like that was like my favorite thing oh. i saved up to get a video camera back before the kids today have no idea like literally when i was a kid you had to, you had to pay like like 900 800 bucks to get like the most basic video camera <laughs> model and it was like standard definition there was no there was no HD possible mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And, uh, and like, the only HD cameras were literally film cameras that, that you know, were used in real movies. And, uh, and so I saved up for a camera with all my, with all my, like, my earnings and my lawnmower money. And I, and I, uh, and I used to make little films, stupid films. We have them somewhere. They're all in, like, little mini DV tapes. Yeah. Me and my buddies, every once in a while, will watch them. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> but do they have a storyline or just kind of... Yeah, some of them would. I mean, but I, I don't even remember. It's pretty, overall pretty stupid, but yeah. I mean, one was, yeah, I don't know. One was like some somebody came in as an alien and it was attacking. And then we used to do a lot of videos where we would like edit them together with like little uh, like little skits in between. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of like the old CKY videos. I don't know if you know those at all. If you no, know those? It was like I'll so before kind of like what kicked off Jackass back in the day. I'm sure you've heard of Jackass, mm-hmm. right? It was these videos called CKY and it was like Bam Margera and his crew. And all the crew that everybody, you know, knows from a lot of those movies were, like, making these little skit and skate videos. And so that was, like, a big inspiration for us because we used to, like, think those guys were the coolest things ever. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's what made you want to go to Chapman, right? Was it so for the film program or? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, a film program. And also my, uh, the majority of my family lives in Southern California oh. uh, and in Orange County. And so for me, it was, like, I got a chance to not only go do what I wanted to do, get a college education, 
and, and then on top of that, you know, uh, get to mm -hmm. see my family. So. And I guess your parents were supportive because they're also artistic people, so you could have studied whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they've always been supportive. They wanted me to do what I wanted to do, but it was kind of like, a, you know, I mean, it wasn't just like, hey, do whatever you want to do and, you know, you're all good. It was kind of like, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. And so, like, Chapman's a super expensive school, so mm -hmm. it take out a lot of student loans. Oh. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you learned a lot from it? I did. You know, I think just like anything, though, it's, it's like you, the, the connections you make are, are what's most important, you know? Mm -hmm. And what was the turning point that you didn't want to do acting anymore? Um, I don't think it's actually ever been a turning point. I don't, I've never stopped enjoying acting. I've just, I just kind of stopped it at a certain point when I think that, you know, everyone has that kind of moment when they're doing something artistic where they kind of realize, okay, you know, this is, do I continue this or, or, or do I kind of shelve it for a while or do mm -hmm. I just say, you know, it's not working out for me, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, I always knew that I could have committed to it, but I think that I wanted to kind of have a broader education when I was in school so that I had more options. Mm. And then through that and in school is when I really started to get into music. So it kind of like was this weird thing where if I hadn't gone down the path I did, I wouldn't end up where I'm at now. So it's all, I think it all happened for a reason. But yeah. if someone was to be like, hey, like here's a role on some TV show for fun, I would take it in instant. Oh, you know I, I want to so, see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. And how did you meet your friend? Because originally you were a duo, right? Yeah, so I was a duo uh, when we started in, in college. We were a duo, and we were DJing and, and kind of throwing our own parties at Chapman. Uh, like going by Party Fever already? No, no, no. Oh. We were Soundscape at the time. <laughs> uh, and we were trying to make, like, we didn't know what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. But we were kind of making, like, Electro House, Progressive House, kind of, kind, of, kind of type stuff, but it was absolutely terrible. It was, like, the worst <laughs> thing ever. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun. I mean, I look back at that time pretty fondly because I think that, you know, it was so new and so so different for us so it was like kind of a chance to try something new and were you already making original music when you were with your friend so we when we first started we just started like DJing and at the time there was no one on there wasn't really um there was like one DJ on campus that was like he was actually worked as a DJ on the side and he was really good oh, wow. and he was kind of like you know everyone's like oh DJ well we already have you know this guy he's already you know like and <laughs> so one. for us for me, I've always been someone who's like, I was always the kid that was like turning on new music at a party and people would be like, what's this? I've never heard this before. Mm -hmm. And we were playing electronic music and kind of trying to throw these parties and, and, and started to kind of annoy the hell out of people with, with, <laughs> with like dance music. Because for me, I started falling in love with it, but it was not big at all. You know, mm -hmm. like the, the only dance music relevant stuff at the time was kind of like Black Eyed Peas and I think David Guetta had a couple, you know, more poppy mm -hmm. hits at the time. But that was about it. In the, How many in the, years in, ago was this? I want to see. This would have been in 2000, like, like eight. 2008, okay. 2009. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was bubbling up in LA. I mean, obviously there was already there's a scene, but it, I don't think that you know in our conscience now we think about dance music EDM as this kind of you know mainstream music in a way, mm. or like a you know at least another branch of mainstream music. So I think that. It's just weird because at the time it was like people would tell us to turn it off all the time. <laughs> We'd be playing like heavy electro stuff from like France, and people would be like, "What the hell is this? I don't mm -hmm. know what this is." So. Actually, how did you go from the Metallica to more of the EDM? Like, how did you first find? Uh, I think that kind of goes back to the fact that there wasn't really for me like a. Uh, it wasn't just like a oh I like this music I like that music. Uh, I think for me it was kind of like. 
I've always liked everything and I think for me anything that gets me excited and gets me in like a positive like fun vibe I think is is what I always gravitate towards mm-hmm. so sometimes you know that it might be like a metal music and where you're gonna get like you know a little more hyped up and crazy yeah. and I think that for me dance music was such a fresh like take on just energy in general I, I just I listened to it and I just gravitated I was like this is so fun it's repetitive but it's it's just like it makes you want to move it makes you want to get up and do something so mm-hmm. that was that's why I gravitated towards it. And also was um, with Luminox, right? He was one of the first people that, like, back when what you, what you consider trap now, yeah. like you know, because trap, real trap music is from Atlanta, yeah. right? So hip hop, and I think that you know, it's kind of become a term that's been coined by dance music as well as kind of like electronic music with more hip hop influence and, and beats. But at the time, like when I started to really find my sound was when, you know, Tonight was popular. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luminox, R.L. Grime was coming up, uh, Bauer, uh, Floss. Those guys were all kind mm-hmm. of like the forefront of the music for for me, at least. After you graduated, you were doing music and you were doing, you were a graphic designer and videographer, right? Yeah, I was basically doing any, any, any jobs to make ends meet because mm-hmm. I moved up to L.A. and I was working um, over at NBC. Uh, in Burbank. Yeah. What was your role with them? Editing sizzle reels. Oh, so, nice. So, yeah, basically putting together, like, little pitches for uh, possible reality TV shows. I was happy to have a good job, and it was paying well, but for me, it was like I wasn't feeling fulfilled like I had hoped, and I think that it was, I was starting to realize that, you know, my window for trying to make this music thing, you know, happen was closing, and I think that I started putting all this emphasis into trying to, you know, stay home, work on music, and do all this stuff. And then the next day I knew I was like, okay, well, I got to either commit to a job and in, in, in a career, you know, in this world, or I got to commit to the world in music world. And I just kind of dropped my job and and uh, and went after this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then was it the Swedish House remix that you did that? garnered you some attention early on. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think... Because it, it was on the radio already. I think it, I think it was yeah. getting some, like, you know, like, late-night radio play. I think, you know, I think people, when that was first coming out, you know, one of the, you know, it's, looking back on that stuff, it's so simple and it's so basic, but you're basically, <laughs> you're basically just resampling something and then adding some drums and an 808 behind it, but I think that it was something that people were looking for and, and finding cool, and it, at the time, it was really unique. And for me, it was a great way that to kind of keep getting better and learn production is because sampling came so naturally to me. Um, you know, I couldn't sit, I, I, I didn't know how to, to create all the sounds that I wanted to create, so I would I would resample and find ways to manipulate, you know, sounds from the real world or other songs into what I wanted to create. So a lot of my early songs were very, very, very sample-based where I would like almost kind of resample the original song but try to turn it into a new thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. And then how did you meet Matt Decent? Um, I think at the time, um, it's, it's so funny because like, it's really not that long ago, but in, in dance music, you know, five, yeah. five six years ago is, is like era. an age. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was just playing, uh, a lot of my songs were starting to get played by like bigger DJs. And especially at the time, that actually like was a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, uh, <laughs> like now it's not really as big of a deal. And, you know, I think that, getting a poppin' song on SoundCloud 
doesn't really matter as much anymore mm -hmm. because it's just it's so saturated yeah um, but at the time if you had a really really popping song on soundcloud and everyone was playing it i mean that was like everybody wanted a piece of your action so i had a few songs that were starting to get a lot of traction and a lot of the big dogs were playing them you know skrillex uh, Diplo, um, you know, some of the big trap guys, some of the big bass producers at the time. They were playing these songs and it was like all of a sudden opening all these doors for me. We got reached out to by the Mad Decent team. They were like, hey, you know, like, we'd love to work with you. And, you know, I had this song called Bappy. And I'd been, I'd been sending it out and I'd been playing it out and everybody was playing it, but it didn't have a home yet. And I knew that I really wanted to put it out on Mad Decent because I felt like it was... All the artists that they supported and the music that they played and put out was very forward thinking mm -hmm. and for me I was like that is where I want to be I want to be where people are where I feel like I'm the less version of my peers like I feel like I'm not as good as everyone else here because I want to get to their level that was where it found a home luckily and uh, that kind of kick-started basically everything for me in terms of like actually going from just kind of having an agent playing some shows to really starting to you know move forward mm -hmm. tour. Yeah. how did you meet Dylan Francis how did I meet Dylan Francis I, to be honest, I don't remember the exact time I met Dylan Francis, but I just remember, I think, probably playing a festival or a Mad Decent Block Party or, like, something back in the day. But, uh, you know, I think anybody gravitates towards Dylan because of his energy and mm -hmm. his, like, you know, he's just a fun person to be around. He's someone who, you know, when you walk, there's people when they walk into a room and they just command the energy. Yeah. I think he's one of those people. Uh, and so I think that, you know, I knew, I was like, hey, I would love to, you know, work with this guy and also I've been I've been spinning his records back in college when, oh, wow. before he'd even signed to Mad Decent I think like you know so, so cool. yeah how about with Bauer Bauer uh well it's funny is Bauer um you know obviously was a big fan of Bauer when I was coming yeah. up and we we didn't even work on a song until 20 when was that 2018 holy shit was when we really got to actually hang out because mm -hmm. we'd never really met or hung out before that so we just kind of hit it off and realized that, you know, we had a lot of the same interests and I was like, let's work on a song together. And yeah. he's like, let's do it. And that was it. How about with GTA? I've known the GTA guys for a long time and those guys are some of the most talented producers, I think, in the entire scene. Their, mm. their catalog is just insane and their ability to kind of chameleon between so many genres and styles. I don't remember exactly when I met them, but uh, I had wanted to work with them from the minute I heard their music. So oh, wow. it was really cool for me to work with them on the album. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And then how did you work with a lot of rappers earlier on? I didn't really. Um, a lot of stuff I would do is like, whether it's sampling or, you know, just hitting up a team. And I don't think I worked with anybody really that big until my first EP, which was like, I think I worked with Rich the Kid. Um, yeah. Was that Sean different? Kingston. Like going from remixing to like, doing more stuff with rappers yeah it is but I think like for me I like I just love being thrown like kind of into the fire and so mm -hmm. when I when I worked with Rich it was kind of like I was like oh here's some beats and like here's some things and we he's like you know he just went and did his thing and it was kind of like all right well that's it I got I got the verses then and, mm -hmm. and something like there and I'm like now I've got to turn it into something and I think that's where then my ability kicks in where I say, oh, okay, now I know what I can do with this. And then so I, you know, change the beat around or I, you know, cut up his vocals and to make it a hook or whatever it might be. And so it, it, from there, then I got, I got more comfortable and learned like how I work best with these guys when I, when, when we come in together, you know, because it's a different world, you know, what I do every day versus what they do every day. How about with Gucci Mane? Gucci Mane. So that song was crazy because he was in jail at the time. Yeah. So that song was actually like done mainly through like 
using old verses that never came about, that, that, that he never released. Oh my um, we combined a couple songs together, and then got it all cleared and sampled through his team and through him. And then he had to sign off on it through j in jail. Uh, and crazy. yeah, that was it though. I mean, it was, you know, that was, I wish I could have been like in the studio with him, like every day working, but mm -hmm. that song like was, that's more of a story know, now. Yeah. Pow power the internet, you know, yeah. but, but look at him now, like the ultimate glow up, you know, yeah. the, guy, the guy's like a completely transformed his life since he came out of jail. And also you've always been close to bro safari, right? Yes. And yeah. Nick has been, uh, he's just a great person yeah, in general. He's, he's, a, awesome. he's such an amazing, amazing guy. Mm -hmm. And he was, a. uh, just reached out, I remember originally, and I was able to do a remix for him for his song Scumbag off of his, or sorry, um, uh, why am I blanking on the name of the song? Um, anyways, wow, I, can, yeah. I can't even remember the name of my own remix. Uh, <laughs> but I remixed this song for Bro Safari and I, Drama, there we go. Mm -hmm. And he was doing a remix competition, and it was like the first remix competition that I ever had entered, and I was like, you know, I kind of briefly met him, but that was about it, and I, I did the remix, and I, I sent it into them. And I remember they like were like loved it, but they're like, man, we need to work on this mix down a little bit. So, <laughs> so I, I sent over the parts to them, and I think they ended up getting it mixed for me and, and, and put out. But that was such a cool thing for me because you know, right? I kind of had the drama remix, and then I put out my uh, booyah remix at the same time, mm -hmm. or like, like in the same month. And it was like those two back to back were kind of yeah. like this really big moment for me. So. Um, and I love Nick. I've, I've talked to them, seen him festivals, you know, hung out with him in different situations, and he's a great, great guy. Yeah, and he I, really know, is. He's, he's definitely a pioneer in, in so much. So. Mm -hmm. And how did you connect with Jamie Foxx and the Coachella <laughs> <laughs> performance? You know, I don't remember exactly, like, how I met Jamie the first time, but uh, he he's just such a cool dude. I mean, he, the guy is, like, got what a career he's had, you know? Yeah. And I think it was something where we, like, reached out and we're just like, hey, you know, like... When you play Coachella, you always want to do something crazy, and I was like, man, like, you know, I think everyone kind of tries to bring out the same people or tries to do the same, yeah. th same thing, and I was like, man, I want to bring out someone that was like, that's like going to do something that, you know, is, is totally unexpected, mm -hmm. and uh, so we decided to bring him out, and he was all about it, and literally the day that we got him out there, it turns out that, like, Kygo reached out to him, and was like, had him come out, because oh. he was already going to be out there, and we're like, no, like, it's going to, you know, it's going to be, like, ruin the surprise, and so mm -hmm. he ended up doing his thing with Kygo. And then coming and do our thing, but I think that uh, I could just tell he was having a really good time, and it, and it was really really cool. And then he had so much fun; he was like, "I want to come back next weekend." And we hadn't even yeah. planned to have him come back the oh, next wow. weekend, so he was like, "He's like, if you guys will have me, I'll come back." I'm like, "If Jamie Foxx is asking to come back to your show, I think yeah. you're going to say yes." You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so he he came back the next weekend, and he uh, and yeah, it was crazy. He he, he brought back his his uh, his girlfriend Katie Holmes, mm -hmm. and uh, and I think. He, he is daily or something. So I, I, I walked in. I come to the festival, right? And I'm chilling. I, I, I walk in the, the back side of the, the, the festival behind where the, you know, the artist tents are mm -hmm. and whatnot. We're walking in, our, in, in the dressing room. And, I'm, and like the security guard, Jamie's security guard, stops me. And I'm like, uh, he's like, he's like, oh, real quick. He's like, he's like, so you've met Katie Holmes, right? And I'm like, uh, no, I have not <laughs> met Katie Holmes before. He's like, okay, I'll introduce you. It's like, I'll open the door and it's literally in my dressing room. It's, it's Katie Holmes, Iggy Azalea, Tyga, and Jamie Foxx, and me. And I'm like, okay, this is just random, yeah. but uh, it was awesome. It was cool. Everybody was so cool and, and nice, and uh, yeah, it was great. When was it that Kendall Jenner was also there, or was it yeah, yeah, yeah. We we ended up uh, we ended up giving them some passes, and she uh, just got to meet and say what up to her. She's super nice, super mm -hmm. sweet girl. Yeah, so.
It's cool. Yeah. Super random. It was like the most, like <laughs> that Coachella for me was such a random experience because I don't really go out a ton and I don't really go to a lot of the cool bougie things as much as I should probably. <laughs> sure. And it was such a like overwhelming experience because I was around all these people that are, you know, so much bigger than I am. And I'm like this little small fish <laughs> and it was just kind of, it was just overwhelming overall, but Coachella is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was incredible. What would you say are the main inspirations for layers? Um, I think layers was just a, a, I wanted to kind of express where I'm at musically and where I'm going and where I came from. So there's throwbacks to, you know, where Party Favor started. There's throw, there's uh, stuff of, you know, where I'm trying to go. And then there's also stuff of, you know, just kind of where I was at at the time when I was making the album. So it's just kind of all the layers of me and all my sides. And that was kind of the, the idea of it. I think I ultimately made this album more for myself than I even did for like anybody else and I think it was really fun and, and refreshing and just like awesome to do it's kind mm -hmm. of cathartic in a way to do this album so actually with with that like what are what are upcoming like the sounds that you want to have from the album um, forwards? there's a lot of cinematic elements in the album mm -hmm. and I really want to try to incorporate that more because as I've learned more about music and you know become you know like we talked about in the beginning of this interview like you know trying to learn what my instrument was or learn about music and I, I feel like I've learned so much more and I'm trying to learn every day about musical theory and and composition and things like that and so for me it's really cool to incorporate kind of more cinematic elements and real instruments and orchestral elements into my music uh, you know outside of just the booty shake and stuff you know yeah. so it's kind of like a because my music I my brain when I turn on like on the way over here I was listening to like I think I listened to Limp Biscuit from like some old school <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Uh, came on shuffle. I listened to um, Stick Figure, who these like reggae dub group, mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. If you don't, if you don't know them, take a listen to them. Um, and that's something else. I don't know, something probably hip hop or something. Yeah. So for me, like my music taste, like I can't just listen to one thing or one style. And that's also like how I want to be when I make music. And I, but I still want it to sound like me. So it's like, how can I bring these worlds, these sounds, these things into party favorite world? If that mm -hmm. makes sense. So. Actually, with that, do you think you would do a like a whole movie soundtrack? Or? I would love to. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be so much fun for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I want to do that, or I want to score like a fashion runway show or something oh, like that. Yeah. You know, like something very unique and crazy. But uh, we have I have this other project that I'm working on uh, with someone else that I think actually might fit that world very well. But it's a secret. I can't talk about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you'll know soon enough this year for sure. Mm hmm. How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? Um, I would say that, uh, that's, a good, that's actually a great question. I think that I'm more, uh, more patient and more, more willing to be okay to fail and to, mm. to get where I want to go. And I think that when I was young, I was so concerned about trying to, you know, make it and do what was popular rather than what is true to like what I am doing. And I think that, you know, in music, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard balance to have success and to, to go exactly your own way, you know. And I think that my music's always kind of walked the line of, you know, being on the radio or a commercial while also kind of being in the rave, you know. So mm -hmm. for me, I'm always trying to find that avenue of where I fit in. But for, it's, it's been a cool challenge to kind of just grow as I grow and my music kind of changes. But hopefully it still kind of has elements and sounds like me, you know. Yeah. So. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far in your life? Probably just wishing that I had paid more attention when I was younger into learning proper music because I think that mm. that I've always kind of fought um, 
when I started, like I said, like kind of all those things I just said were kind of a detriment to me as well because I never really, when I first started, set a perfect, like, hey, here's exactly what I sound like, here's what I'm doing, here's like my vibe, my brand, my, mm -hmm. my whole thing. And so I think that it was, I was always kind of a little bit of everywhere and so like people never really fully got to grab onto what I was trying to do. And so I think I'm trying to now bring that back in together you yeah know? And kind of be like this is this is me this is my brand this is what I'm doing mm -hmm. yeah love that what does love mean to you does love mean to me yeah um love is something I think you know I think the word unconditional gets thrown out a lot thrown around a lot but mm -hmm. I think that love is something where you have so much passion that that you need to find a way to do that thing whether that's with be with someone or if you love music or you yeah. love, you know, art or hunting or whatever it is, like, you, you have to, like, your life is not complete without that element, I mm -hmm. guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a piece of you that you need to have. Mm -hmm. Last question. What do I want to be remembered for? Oh, wow. Um, I hope that, I hope that, uh, I think for me, I've always, like, as much as music is a, is a self thing and you're giving a piece of yourself, I've always wanted to hopefully affect someone else's life for the positive and uh you know i've been very fortunate people come up to me and say like oh you know you got me through a tough time or i was thinking about suicide and your song like helped me get better or whatever and i think for me like hearing that kind of stuff is mm -hmm. so incredibly powerful because it means it's bigger than like me and what i'm doing and what you know it's, it's, it's affecting someone's life for a better and like i think for me if i can look back in 10 years or people can look back and say hey like you know you affected my life in a positive way then like that makes me happy as a legacy you know I don't necessarily need to have a Grammy or you know awards on the wall as long as it's like positively affected certain people then I'm super happy so, yeah. yeah I yeah. love that this yeah. is awesome thank you so much well, thank you <laughs> thanks for having me bye